0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 1, 2020. Today we're reading from the big book. We're in Chapter 7, Working with Others, and we're on page 100, the fourth paragraph. Assuming we are. Um, Today's readers are For the Twelve Steps, Terry H. For the Twelve Traditions, Nancy P., and reading the text are Liz V and Leon B. The reference numbers for Tuesday, March 31st, are for the 7 a.m. 14,343. That's one four three four three. And for the 10 a.m. are 14,345. That's one four three four five. OA preamble. our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. I will now ask Terry H. to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning. This is Terry H from Pensacola, Florida, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater through the grace of God, one day at a time. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons that we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would harm them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service.
0: Thank you, Terry. I will now ask
2: Nancy P to read the 12 traditions. Star one, Nancy.
0: Okay, Mara, could you please do it?
2: Sorry,
3: sorry, I thought I was unmuted. <laughs> okay, Nancy, there you go. Thank you, Nancy. Okay. Um... Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8 alcohol, um Over-readers anonymous should remain forever non-professional 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service and I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Nancy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, Let us know by saying "passed." then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Bid Book on page 100, the fourth paragraph, assuming we are spiritually fit.
4: Um, And I will ask Liz V. to begin reading. Thanks, Katie. Good morning. It's Liz V. gratefully recovered in North Carolina. Assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. People have said we must not go where liquor is served. We must not have it in our homes. We must shun friends who drink. We must avoid moving pictures which show drinking scenes, We must not go into bars. Our friends must hide their bottles if we go to their houses. We mustn't think or be reminded about alcohol at all our experience shows that this is not necessarily so. Um, and I am so grateful <laughs> that our experience shows that this is not uh, necessarily so. This concept um, came to me actually many years ago. Um, I, I was at a, an OA retreat and someone came and shared about the idea um, of us not mentioning specific foods. And that was the first time Somebody had said, well, how big is your higher power? Um, And I was like, oh, yeah, because if I'm afraid to hear a certain food, um, that still feels like that's reliance on self. And if I have a really big higher power, I wouldn't have to be afraid that I wouldn't be protected. And I think the key um, phrase there is that if we are spiritually fit, um, there's also so many promises in this book. One of them is we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Free for me is not having to worry about the food. That's one of the best things. So much of my disease was me worrying about the food. How much was I going to have? Did I have too much? Should I have some more? What are they going to serve? What is it going to be like? I've been freed from that, um, being recovered. And a question that someone on the meeting said last week, I love so much. I've been using it for the whole week where it was, um, how do you behave if your higher power is everything? And I have behave in confidence um, that I can be around anything. First of all, I'm grateful that neutrality is present. And so I don't, the things that aren't mine, I don't even want. Because like I mentioned, I just want to continue to have this freedom. And um, this, I, I couldn't decide when I was thinking about this. It's, I hope it's the big book. But my reliance on my higher power is a faith that works under all conditions. So whether I'm at parties, out at restaurants, you know, things popping up suddenly, I'm so grateful that I don't feel like I have to indulge. I don't even miss it anymore. Um, I had a sponsor who used to say we don't indulge in um euphoric recall (laughs) um and i get that i really like that i don't do that i don't think about how it would be to get to have that but i already know too it actually it works for me to think oh i already know what that would be like so i'm not missing it and i trust that i am taken care of um, in those situations that's all i have i pass thanks so much
0: thank you liz for getting us started Okay, so we're at the bottom of page one hundred, reading that one paragraph. Assuming we're spiritually fit, please say your name once if you haven't shared in the last few days, and let me take some names. Brittany J. Tina. from New York. Kim G. Larry.
5: Larry K. Madam.
0: Madame. Mario.
5: Do L. Sam.
0: Okay. Okay, let's stop there. I got you, Rick, unless there's two Ricks. Um, Okay, just a second. Okay, I have Rick. I think it was Jay was the first person I heard. Then there was a huge muffle. And out of that, I got Tina S., Kim G., Larry K., Matt M. And then I had another M person, but I'm escaping me. I'm sorry. Barbara E., Sam, I thought it was Sam, Sam J., or something like that, and do L. Let's just, we could go with that list, and if anybody can fill in the gap that I'm missing there, but that's a long list, so let's go with um, Rick started. start it. Oh, it's hey, Mary. Hi,
5: Mary. everybody.
4: Okay.
0: Okay, thank um, you. Go ahead,
6: Rick
7: okay uh this is uh rick J. am a um recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, north carolina uh, it's really good to be here this morning and on the line and um, i love this paragraph um, you know and i i'm thinking on that uh that very first sentence especially uh assuming we are spiritually fit uh, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do and that's the key for me, you know, is keeping spiritually fit, um, you know, keeping connected with my higher power, uh, doing the actions that I need to take. Uh, I live in a house where baking is a very popular activity with my wife and children. And so a lot of times, you know, I'm living in a house, you know, that's filled with with the smells of baking cakes and brownies and cookies and, you know, and I I love that they can enjoy that. That gives them joy. It gives them pleasure. And um you know, and I am in a place where like it's talking about on page um eighty five and um you know, like the reader was sharing, you know, we will know a new freedom and a new happiness. Um but um yeah, those um I love that those promises that uh you know that come after, you know, step ten too that are um that are talking about uh, we will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part it just comes you know we feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality safe and protected Uh, you know the problem has been removed it does not exist for us and so where I stay right now is is just working these steps as hard as I can go Um, I'm staying in 10 11 and 12 and you know to get somebody else that to work with, to get them to this state, you know, quickly. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what was done for me. So yes, I'm just very grateful that, um, you know, I, I can live in this, this new freedom. I, the problem has been removed, uh, you know, but the, um, you know, the kicker is that I have to be spiritually fit. I have to stay in that place where I am taking the actions, the problem to be removed it comes through my higher power it doesn't come from any kind of willpower I have um, so if I'm not spiritually fit I will I I'll drive a hundred miles to get the food that I shouldn't eat but if I am I can live right here in this house with all these wonderful smells going on uh, but anyway um, that's all I have With that I'll pass thank you
0: Thank You Rick J Tina asked up," followed by Kim G
8: Thanks so much, Katie. Tina S., "Recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida." And yeah, again, ditto, ditto. Uh, great paragraph, and you know, and I love that it talks about being spiritually fit. You know, because when I first came in here, I came for the diet. Thank you very much, and and the actual uh, spiritual awakening, awakening transformation comes through the process of working the 12 steps and, and, you know, and both everybody talked about the 10 step promises where, you know, we were placed in a position of neutrality from the previous nine steps, safe and protected, you know, and that's, you know, the way I feel today. And, and, you know, some other things that I do along the way, you know, is I, I let people know who I am and what I do so that when I go someplace, you know, uh, I have such great friends and a network of people. And, you know, I'm in another 12-step program. And every 12-step program, I mean, they know who I am. And so when I go someplace, if there is some food, that they always have what I I can eat. And when I go home, you know, my family knows what I do. And so they're not asking me, hey, do you want this? You know, over the years, they just accept that, you know, I'm doing what I need to do. And they're okay with it. And I am sure because I have become a different person so that they see that. So they want to continue to contribute to this deal, you know, and so again through the process and you know, what a wonderful paragraph. Spiritually fit. And that's and that's the goal today. And then I love what the previous speaker said, you know, and then to give this thing away, to watch this happen in somebody else. What a freedom. What a happiness. How joyful we are. And with that I'll pass, thanks.
0: Thank you, Tina. Kim G, you're up, followed
2: by Larry Kay. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I've been recovered since January 2011. And, you know, as I read this, I'm almost brought to tears thinking about the difference. Um, I was came in OA 94, so the first 17 years in OA versus the last nine years when I became a big book student, um, you know, assuming we are spiritually fit. What did that mean to me in those first 17 years? It meant, did I say the serenity prayer 20 times? Did I commit my food? Did I go to a meeting? My basic game game plan was fellowship and fear. I used willpower and keeping on guard to one day at a time white-knuckle my food. There was a common phrase in my area saying, you know, we have to let the tiger out of the cage three times a day. And I always felt like that tiger was stalking me. You know, I, I was taught to avoid people, places, and things, to avoid my triggers. And, and let me tell you, at the age of 27, right before I came into O.A., every Saturday night, I lived with my parents. I was in my childhood bedroom, it was painted bubblegum pink and had holly hobby furniture, and I would be sitting there with my binge food, the romance novel, and television. And then I come into O.A., and I disrespect a 12-step program by working a diet program with group support. And now I'm 30 years old and I have an apartment because now I can afford an apartment because I'm not spending enough money on binge foods. But it's still on a Saturday night. I'm sitting in my apartment watching TV and reading romance novels because I'm terrified to go out of the house because I might eat. And let me tell you that that's not my experience over the next last nine years. Spiritually Fit means that I put down the food nine years ago. I walked through this program and had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. And what I've experienced is freedom rather than relief. You know, I'm working from home right now, and I have binge foods in my house for my family, and they have no power over me. I can go to any restaurant, any celebration, and it's about the people. You know, I'm focused on helping others during this pandemic, including my town, which means taking, getting takeout food to help support the local restaurants. You know, I, I think of the spiritual, the Appendix too, where it talks about, you know, that um, we've had a a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. It doesn't say maintain recovery. And let me tell you, over these last nine years, I've seen many people recover and get free and go back to the food. Because, see, this big book works 100% of the time. If you work it 100% of the time, that's what it means to be spiritually fit. So let me assure you, with no ranting, and I'm just going to say in a matter-of-fact way, but so let me assure you that today I am a compulsive overeater. But let me also assure you, for the last nine years, I have not suffered from compulsive overeating. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim.
0: Larry K, you're up, followed by Matt M.
5: Hey, Katie, good morning. Uh, thanks so much for your service, Katie. Yeah, you know, it, it, we're talking about what is it, to be spiritually fit you know um, does does not eating Doritos and ding-dongs does that mean that I'm spiritually fit you know the the absence of ill-being does not equal the presence of well-being and in, in other words just because one is not eating doesn't mean they're happy and peaceful about it and this program of action should be about you know authentic uh, joy freedom and service, not merely the absence of food. So just what is this notion of spiritual fitness? And the analogy that I'd like to use is, see, uh, for a diabetic, they only get a daily reprieve from the consequences of their disease by managing a daily insulin program of action, right, based on how fit or unfit their blood sugar condition is. And and they have a small tool called a Lansing device and it makes it relatively easy for them to get that critical information. I mean they, they get data pretty quickly. And unfortunately, you know, we, we have no such device to measure our spiritual fitness with a you know, with the with our blood, right? And if I try to take a measurement of my spiritual fitness with things like how long I've been in program or the current length of my abstinence or how, how my clothes fit today. Or how I, how I can recite chapter and verse in the big book. See if I if I use that as my Lansing device, I I'm, I'm, I may just be relying on what is you know what is a, a fool's data. In other words, the data I'm relying on does not provide an accurate measurement of my spiritual state. So what are some of the indicators that I would rely on? Here's what I think is is the most reliable indicator. One of the best and most readily available means of of, of determining this. My spiritual condition is reflected in the quality of my personal relations with other people. See, I've observed this time and time again with people who have followed these instructions laid out in this text. Their spiritual progress, you know, coincides with improvement in their relationships with people. They feel fewer resentments. They have greater appreciation for the people in their lives and they have more patience with circumstances that are absolutely outside of their control, and, and they don't expect them these circumstances to go a certain way. See, defective relations with others is perhaps the greatest indicator that something's gone awry, and I cannot accept others, you know, where, where, for where God has them right now, and it's, it's my lack of spiritual fitness that gives rise to my disenchantment with these people. Um, Emmett Fox was an early spiritual influence on AA, particularly the thinking of Bill and, and Dr. Bob. And he wrote a book that they used uh, extensively. And, and in any case, Emmett Fox said that the biggest indicator of one's spiritual progression is the ability to love his fellow man and woman. And I'll just wrap up uh, Katie and say, I think I agree. How am I dealing with other people? You know, do I have good relations with other people? With that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. Okay, Matt M, you're up, followed by Mary.
3: Can you hear me, Katie?
9: I can. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M, a Over eater over here in New Jersey. Uh, this program is teaching me to be a genuine person. When I'm in the food or when I'm struggling, I can be very disingenuous, and I just want to be a more authentic me. And I realized that this disease is kind of baffling and powerful and I need more help than Awake can give me and I'm getting the help I need but I'm still in the rooms and I'm learning that the Big Book is where the program of recovery is at and I realized this pandemic and all the self isolation and the 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 isolation that I put myself through has put me face to face with who I really am as a person and all this time I had this what I quote I quote out free time but all this time, this unstructured time that's put me face-to-face with who I really am, looking at myself in the mirror. And I realized, you know, the person I, um, that I'm looking at, like, wow, this is this is somebody I really need a lot, needs a lot of work. And I realized the person I like, is um, the person I'm looking at in the mirror is somebody I really don't like all the time. And I realized that I, I need to work on who I who I want to be, and I need to look at who do I want to be as a person on a day-to-day basis? Do I want to be someone who wants to be liked, or do I want to be someone that I want that I want to like on a day-to-day basis? And um, I'm just grateful that just for today, I'm willing to put in the work because this is a this is a lot of work to do this program, and I want to be someone that I can look in the mirror and say uh, that I do like myself on one one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Matt. Okay, Mary, I didn't get the initial of your last name, but it's your turn, followed by Barbara Um, E. Hi,
10: um, I'm Mary L. um, Recovered in Florida. Um, Just really quickly, I I usually listen to this meeting on the way to work, but I wanted to to jump on and just share today because I'm so very grateful. Um, Today is my one-year anniversary, and this is my group. This is my group, and... um, I'm just amazed, you know, the reading strikes home for me. Um, I was just thinking yesterday, you know, how it's been a year since I have, you know, um, since God has graced me not to pick up these foods that were killing me and um, how uh, because I focused on this program and I did it exactly the way people uh, told me to do it, the way my sponsor led me through it quickly and thoroughly, Um What an amazing spiritual awakening I've had. And, you know, what I want to just say to the newcomer is a year ago, with um, 17 years of sobriety and Alcoholics Anonymous, um, but not enough willingness to put down the food, um, I was blocked from the sunlight of the spirit. And um, I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful, um, especially now that I have these tools, that there is a solution to every problem, including um, my fear around this world right now. And so to everyone on this call, um, I love you, each and every one of you, even though I don't know you. And I thank you so very much for for giving me a life that I never (laughs) imagined I could have. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Mary, and congratulations on your one year. Okay. Um, Barbara E., you're up, followed by, I believe it was Sam J., maybe.
11: Good morning, everyone. May I have you heard? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Well, of course, the the main line for me is assuming we are spiritually fit. We'll have this new freedom. I wouldn't steal art from the Metropolitan Museum of Art, though I might love a Monet for my house. I wouldn't go into a bank and rob it. And today in in 2020, I do not hear, um, I I do hear an echo, by the way. I hope that's not me. I do not eat the foods that used to call to me. Before I came into OA in 1996, I would go to a paperway or a psychologist and make all kinds of promises, all kinds of plans, and then immediately go back to the food. I came into OA, as I said, in 1996, and I did use all the tools, and I used them vigorously, and I got abstinent, but I wasn't happy, joyous, and free, and I resented all the things that people could eat at the table, And then I started to feel a vicarious thrill by watching them eat all the things on the table. Even going to a a meeting, a healthy OA meeting, watching people drinking their coffee out of a Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup. I imagined donuts rolling around the table. I was definitely not spiritually fit. And then I landed in a place where I was getting a vicarious thrill out of watching people eat, imagining what it tasted. That was not me being spiritually fit at all. But today, it's 2020. Happy April Fool's Day, everyone. I can go anywhere. We have candy and cookies all over the house like that Monet I referred to. It's beautiful. It's artwork. It's not mine. My husband can eat three M&Ms and say, well, that's enough. What kind of a person does that thing? I used to dump the bag all in my mouth at once. I had to be recovered. I had to slam any lurking notion to destruction that I could one day eat like a normal person. Yes, I can have it in the house. Yes, I can be, but it has to be as long as I'm in good spiritual condition. And if I'm feeling aggravated, irritated, lonely, or anything, I make sure to stay out of the danger zone because I want to go to my grave, a recovered compulsive overeater. There's such joy in that. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara E. And Sam, I think it was J. You're up, followed by Do L.
12: Good morning. Thank you, Katie. This is Sam S., Recovered Compulsive yeah. Overeater from Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, this is my first time ever saying Recovered. Ooh, I was um, talking to a member yesterday, and she had asked me about the promises, 10-step promises. You know am I feeling that that's that's the gauge am I recovered and um uh, lo and behold you know this other gift here of this paragraph assuming that we're spiritually fit it's a really it's a good dovetail and today I do feel like I'm in a position of neutrality safe and protected. I love this um you know these uh, actions that it says that you know um that people say that we have to do right when we're not when when, when I'm not in a spiritual plane i have to avoid i must not go i have to shun i have to hide i have to do all these things to protect myself and that's what i totally did um and i did it before i went through the um the processes outlined through the big book um even in my first 2 years of recovery i mean it was i was self righteous i was judgmental and then i was bitter and then i was just a a range of emotions around food. And I, and I really like what I heard, you know, the vicarious thrills of watching people. And even I remember one time asking somebody to make eye contact with me while I ate something, which is not spiritually fit. Um, And today that is just not the case. Um, I, I mean, I, I, and I know it's not me. I know it's God because when these things happen and I, and I take a step back and I realize, wow, like, that didn't affect me, and that that used to bring me to like tears and anger before. I um, I recently gave some um, some food to uh, my mom the other day. That that is an alcoholic food for me, and I gave her you know two bags of it, and and I didn't feel the resentment and the bitterness and the anger and the despair and the victim and the self pity that I would would have felt um, you know prior doing to prior to doing the spiritual work and and working the steps. And I just thought, thank you, God. It is, that is so not me. And I'm, I'm just so grateful to be in a program that says that if I put the food down and if I pick up the steps and I do the work, uh, exactly as it's given in the text that I will be safe and, and protected. And, and I don't have to, I don't have to to do this by sheer will anymore I don't have to hide I don't have to shun I don't have to avoid I don't have to be told not to think and um and I don't have to live my life in a bubble and right now to be frank I'm living in it in an isolated um bubble I work from home I, everything is here um in this house there's foods that I don't eat that my husband eats and, and I don't have to to scrape by and white knuckle to be able to avoid not eating it. I just, it's like Play-Doh. It's like either Play-Doh for me or poison for me, but it's not my food. And today I'm okay with that. So, just so freaking grateful. Thank you. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sam. And dual you're up and then we'll take more names.
13: Good morning. This is Dual, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Thank you so much, Katie. Um, Assuming we're spiritually fit, what does that mean? Well, I've gone through the process, right, of one through nine, and now I'm living in 10, 11, and 12. Um, that's what it means. And, and to go further, it says we can do all sorts of remarkable things that alcoholics are not supposed to do. And what is, first of all, this, the, the spiritual fitness? Well, the spiritual fitness is the fact that there's two deaths, the death of food and the death of self. Um, The big book says that we'll recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So, you know, of of body and mind. So first of all, you know, the the body, what is it? The death of food, Um, the mind, the death of self-will, the death of the ego. And what happens with that death is that you let go, you surrender, you let go of outcome, and you become more in harmony with God. And as you do that, the self will goes to its proper size and the right size with God, right? Um, and it ceases to exist. It, it you're not no longer giving it oxygen to breathe, so it gets killed or it gets destroyed. Not according to what we can do with it, but according to God in His time, according to His will, it ceases to exist because we're not practicing those things to give it oxygen to breathe, and so. You know, that's what I see that the spiritual fitness is. You know, when I don't have a mental, um, alcoholic mind that drives me back to the food and uh, drives me back to the south well. And so, you know, um, just, just this Sunday, I had my birthday and, you know, I was celebrating my birthday and I took a half a cantaloupe and I put, Um, yogurt around it, you know, as as a decorative thing. And then I put some red grapes around it It made it look like a cake with frosting on it. And then I put my candles on it. And I celebrated my birthday. And I didn't have my binge food ingredients, you know, at all. And I remember a friend of mine calling me up and saying, Hey, you know, what's the matter with you? Um, Are you living vicariously, you know, trying to get a pleasure out of out of, out of mimicking, you know, a binge food? Um, is, is there something wrong with you? And I thought about it for a minute. I said, well, what was my motive for doing this? You know, did I have a legitimate reason to to do this? Um, was I trying to get vicarious pleasure out of it? Or am I really trying to practice this program today? And And the answer was, I'm practicing the program the way it's supposed to be, because today I'm not affected by that. And the big book says our experience shows that this is not necessarily so, that we have to shun these things and that we have to keep away from these things. But it's about, you know, doing it the right way and doing it with God. And I believe that I did do it with God. And so today I'm abstinent. I got to enjoy my birthday. I got to do the things that I needed to do. And, you know, and I'm grateful for the recovery that I have. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, do. Okay, so if you've just joined us, um, we're on the bottom of page 100, the fourth paragraph, assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things. So who else who hasn't shared in the last few days would like to share?
6: Please,
0: Lisa Lisa Anne Marie M.,
14: M. Reva P.
15: Anne Marie okay. M.
0: Okay. Oh, Anne Marie M. Okay, I got Anne Marie M. Lisa and Reva P.
15: Wendy
0: A. Toby W. Sarah, Sarah S. W. Sarah, Sarah S. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah S. Lisa Sarah B. S. I got you, Lisa. Toby okay. W. Um, eight. Okay, I got you, Toby. We have 18 minutes. So I did miss one person. I have mm-hmm. Marie M. Reba P. Lisa with an E, B. Toby. Sarah S, and was there someone else I missed? (laughs) Wendy M. Yeah, there's a Melissa. Is it Melissa C.? I can't hear you very well.
11: Melissa C.
0: There you are. Okay. I I don't understand. Okay, Amy G., who doesn't understand something. Okay, um, I heard you. So hopefully we can get all these people in, if my math is right, if you all just are right on time or a little bit less. Anne Marie M., Reba P. Lisa B, Toby W. Sarah S. Melissa C and Amy G.
15: Take it away, Anne Marie M. Okay. Am I still unmuted? You are. Okay. Hi. I'm um, uh, Anne Marie M, uh gratefully recovered through God's grace, um, compulsive overeater. And um originally uh, born and raised in Bristol, Rhode Island. I was so happy to hear that, um, in South Carolina living in South Carolina now. Uh, you know, what helped me the most when, um yeah, you know, I, I, I'm just going to say that I uh, have experienced just about um, everything that everyone else has said, have, you know, can uh, go out to eat with my husband and, um, you know, have him enjoy a, you know, a, a dessert that he likes and sit there with, you know, a, a cup of tea. Um, and it brings joy and there's no... Um, uh, anger or you know, that itchiness to get out of the out of the restaurant so I can, you know, go home and sneak um what I really want. So it's just um grateful that I can be other centered and happy for those that can enjoy um whatever they like. And so uh I too um am just so grateful. I, I feel like I'm the most grateful person here on the line um, that, um, that I'm recovered. And it's a whole different feeling. I've been here before, but this is, um, I really feel like I have the spirit of God within me this time and that I can rely on him. That second step has really come true for me a hundred percent. I wanted to just share what helped me when I was struggling and I wasn't abstinent that I would, if I, there was a, an event that I thought that I very much needed to go to, you know, the event just wouldn't be the same if I didn't go. (laughs) And, but I knew that there was going to be a lot of food there that I talked to my sponsor about it. And um, most, most of it was, you know, her um, helped me climb down from the the ego where I have to be there. You know, what, what will everyone think if I'm not there or um, how will the event go on if I'm not there? So, um, what helped me a lot was to discuss uh, places to go when, um, when I was struggling with the food and talk about it. And, uh, you know, most of the time if there was a question of whether or not I should go, uh, usually it was that it would probably be safer for me not to go. Not that it's an imp- a punishment at all or not that I'm not good enough because a lot of those feelings came up but to take care of myself and to take care of my um, my sobriety, my abstinence uh, for not attending these uh, events. So I just wanted to pass that along, and um, uh, I just appreciate everyone that has shared already. So I'll pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Anne-Marie.
0: Okay, Reba P., you're up, followed by Lisa B.,
6: Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Um, That first sentence really struck me. And, you know, when I first came into program and I wasn't sure, should I go somewhere, should I not go, I was told to look at pages 100 to 102. And for me, in the beginning, when I was early in the steps, I was not spiritually fit and I did have to avoid certain places And certain events, um, I was just not in a place that I could have handled that. Um, But once I am spiritually fit, which means I've put down the food and I've worked through the steps and have had that spiritual awakening, um, yeah, it is quite amazing to be at events and places in my home, um, at family members' homes where certain foods are served and they don't yell at me and they don't... um, call to me, but I looked up the word fit, like what is spiritual fitness, and it says um, of a suitable quality to meet the required purpose. Now, what is my purpose? Um, Over and above, being able to sit at a table with my kids or my husband when they're enjoying foods that aren't calling to me, my purpose is to be present. My purpose is how am I contributing how am I listening? How am I? Um, how am I supposed to be useful? That's the higher purpose. So, you know, the basic is getting spiritually fit. So yes, I have that um, neutrality, and the food's not calling to me. But then there's this higher purpose of how would you have me be? What would you have me do? What would you have me say, God? Because God is the one um, who, you know, guides me once I'm spiritually fit, and over and above, not. The food calling, you know, spiritually fit for me is having the courage, like yesterday we had to speak up to a neighbor who was um, doing stuff to our property while he's doing renovations. An alcoholic or a compulsive overeater like me can't do something like that sanely and calmly with grace and tact. Um, So spiritually fit goes way beyond the food. And the last thing I wanted to share is how fit is fit. And if I have a good trainer at the gym, he doesn't keep me at the same fitness. Um, I don't do the same two-pound weights like forever. I have to constantly be deepening my spiritually fit, my spiritual fitness because the disease is progressive. The spiritual fitness has to be progressive. It's a living, growing thing that constantly goes deeper and deeper. Um, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Reva. Lisa B, you're up, followed by Toby W.
16: Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I do spell my name L E S -S A. Thanks for your service. Um, I wanted to talk about assuming we are spiritually fit. I will plug in in the morning before I have any interaction with others, and I'll think I'm spiritually fit. I'll feel like I'm grounded that I'm really plugged in and then I have some interaction, something catches me off guard and I lose my stability and I wonder what happened. And it makes me think about what we read a few weeks ago that, um, you know, I need to be able to demonstrate that I'm sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. And my husband pointed out to me the other day that I'm great when everything's going my way, when I'm getting what I want. But when I don't get what I want and when things are not going my way, I'm not so great. And I find that this pandemic, um, all that's happening in the world and in my own individual town, in my own microcosm of life here in my house is bringing to the surface everything that I really am. Just like a friend of mine said to me once, as we get older, we become more of what we really are. And then I heard Madonna once quote, when you become a multimillionaire, you become more of what you already are. So if you're unhappy, you're going to be even more unhappy. And I find that's to be true. I, I thought, wow, I'm working such a great program. And now with this stuff going on, it's just like when I met my husband, I didn't know I had Uh, hormonal mood fluctuations I thought I was just always a smooth easygoing person and then when I met him and started living with him I realized oh my gosh I do have mood fluctuations well that's what's happening to me with this pandemic and it's bringing to the surface more of what I already am but a spiritual teacher taught me once there is no such thing as darkness there's just a lack of light it's coming up to the light to be released to be healed And my higher power is bigger than all of this. And I'm just having to deepen everything that I've already been doing, just deepening it and going inside and getting deeper into these steps and my higher power and service with the people around me and other suffering people. And um, that's it. So I'm grateful to be here, grateful to have a program and definitely abstinence and being recovered is, is the easier, softer way, for sure. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Lisa. Okay, Toby W., you're up, followed by, I believe it's Dara S.
17: Thank you so much. My name is Toby W., and I am gratefully absent by the grace of God and uh, living right now in Florida. You know, as I've listened and read the paragraph, I thought back to times when I went to regular OA meetings And they would announce, please don't say, don't mention food. So somebody would get up and would say um, they went to a party and there was the round thing or something about the round thing. And I'd sit there and I couldn't hear anything that anybody was saying because I'm trying to figure out what round thing the person is talking about. And um and I don't know if I'm the only one that experienced that. And so I w- would say, why can't we say it? I mean, what is? it's not going to jump into my mouth because I say a cake or a pizza or a bagel. And it's not going to jump into my mouth and um, just because I say the words. And I'm grateful today that I can be in places where there are round things, square things, all kinds of shape of things in food, and it doesn't call to me today, and I am just grateful for that, and with that, I pass.
2: Thank you so
0: much. Okay, next we have um, Dara S. followed by Melissa C.
18: Hi, I'm Dara S. I am a uh, Recovered Compulsive Eater from Florida. Um, I am really grateful to be here today. Uh, Thank you for your service, and thank you, everybody, who's shared so far. Um, this, This paragraph, for me, is very important, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. First of all, spiritual fitness, for me, the bottom line is I can tell when I'm spiritually fit, because I'm thinking about other people when I'm not spiritually fit um i i'm I'm all into me I'm all into myself all about me um and i'm I'm powering up on my anger and powering up on my fear, but when i'm free and when i'm in god's grace uh it's amazing I'm like a different person and I really can do things that I couldn't do before. Um, Food neutrality is just such a miracle for me. For me to be able to not think about food, for me to be able to drive from work to home when I used to go to work, (laughs) um, from work to home without staring at all the fast food restaurants is such freedom and such a miracle. And, um, And today I won't do anything to jeopardize my food neutrality um so i can go like you have to have food neutrality in order to be abstinent in this world because food is everywhere and food is every you know everybody indulges and um and at the same time i'm not going to jeopardize my food neutrality by spiritual fitness also means acknowledging the power that food has over me so i am able to be in a room where people are singing happy birthday and you know there's all kinds of treats around me um without wanting anything but if i stare at the cake and think about what it tastes like i'm going to knock myself out of spiritual fitness that's going to block me from the sunlight of the spirit you know there are certain behaviors i don't watch tv Um, I tried it, you know, with the whole isolation, and it just puts me in a place where I go inside and I just can't do it. Um, And for me, spiritual fitness means acknowledging that and and honoring that, you know, believing in that food does have power over me. So there are things that I can't do today, but there are so many things that I can do today that I never was able to. And for me, that's the promise of the program is that I will have food neutrality, that I will be able to do things that I never was able to do before. And, um, you know, it, it goes beyond the food. I, I can do things today that
0: Time, I can please. be the
18: person. Ooh. Sorry. have a, Thank you. Okay. I'll pass. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Dara.
0: Okay. Um, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Amy G., if you wouldn't mind. You could each have two minutes.
4: Mama.
19: Hi, good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. It's Melissa say recovered in New York and um you know, when I read this I'm immediately brought to the doctor's opinion. Like and and I remember this hearing this early on that once a psychic change has occurred, this is what we get, right? And you know, like Kim was saying earlier, like I had that same tiger and I thought Overeaters Anonymous was going to get me this really strong cage that was going to hold this tiger in check and my tiger was always pacing back and forth in the cage that desire to eat the food and it felt like the world was always like poking at me through the through the bars and it was rattling my cage and anything which set me off you know and 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 the world felt really scary and really uncomfortable and you know and now what happened was um the the cage it's really not there and the world funny enough really hasn't changed right the world continues to be the world and and maybe for some it's a really scary time right now but what changes the tiger like the process if I'm spiritually fit, I'm more of a kitten you know that the desire is more of a kitten and. So there's all kinds of crazy eating happening around me right now. I mean, that's what people do who are cooped up in a house, normal people. And I've got a dog that one of my dogs is always stealing food off the counter. And my kids have baked an, an, a ton of baked goods. And I'm consistently having to take the cakes and cookies off the counter Um, and put them in the microwave to keep them away from the dog. And then when I need to use the microwave, I have to move the stuff back on the counter. And in between, you know, spraying the counter down and keeping everything clean. And so my hands are touching this stuff. And, you know, this stuff once owned me. And today it's not mine, and that's a miracle. Thanks. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you. And Amy G., you have one minute if you want to take us out.
14: Hey, Katie, thank you so much for your service. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. I I know I've got about a minute left here. Um, My name is Amy I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Uh, So grateful for this meeting today. It says in the big book that we have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of that spiritual condition. So it is a daily reprieve. And as others have been saying, it's important for me to check the pulse of my spiritual condition every single day and to not just assume that I'm I'm good because I've been I've worked the steps I'm living in ten eleven and twelve but I need to be checking that pulse faithfully. They're breaking up and they say um, what's that word they assume if you assume someone if you break it up you're making an ass out of you and me. And so I can't just assume with a healthy respect for this disease that that spiritual fitness is good to go and I need to work on it on a daily basis. And I like what someone else said a couple of shares ago about having. Uh, part of our spiritual fitness, knowing and understanding that I am a compulsive overreader, and as a compulsive overreader, there are boundaries within which I work my spiritual fitness so that there are action steps and things that I do to maintain that spiritual fitness. And I don't do some of those things that I used to do around food because it's not healthy for me. No, the food doesn't jump off the counter into my mouth, but I also have a healthy respect for what it is that I do in maintaining my food plan, because that is part of my spiritual fitness, that and my old food behaviors to make sure that those are not activated in my life. For example, I don't go into a restaurant without reading a menu to make sure that there's food there that I can eat. That's part of my spiritual fitness. And I'm always checking my motives. That's going on today, every day. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks.
0: Thanks. Sorry I had to cut you off, but the meeting ends at 7.55. So thank you to everyone who shared, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, April 1st, 2020, 7 a.m. meeting is 14,352. That's 14352. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer.